0: I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Amen.
1: Father, we give you thanks for your word, that it is living and active by your spirit as we engage with it. So we pray you open our hearts to receive it this morning, that we may continue to reflect on our knowledge and acceptance of the gospel, that we may be a people filled with your power and fulfilling your plan. For Jesus' sake, amen. So last week we began our sermon series on running the race set before us and we saw from Isaiah chapter 40 uh, the power for God's people, if you remember, uh, that for those who believe and hope in Christ, uh, the power doesn't come from them but from God and we learned that there was this great promise that those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength and run and not grow weary. So on this running theme, this week we continue with the story uh, of Zacchaeus and uh, see how this power working in a person uh, makes such a difference to uh, their life, to the way they respond to Christ and so on. The difference that they feel about themselves and how they behave towards other people. We said last week, right at the beginning, that the best of running has a direction and a purpose. Well, Zacchaeus has this purpose and direction in the way he runs. He is running to Jesus. And indeed, that is, you ought to know, uh, the ultimate plan that God has for us, uh, for his people. That running to Jesus is, is where we find everything we need. As that song that we sang right at the beginning of the service said, running to Jesus gives us life and hope permanently. And this plan for God's people begins with us uh, running to Jesus. You can see in the Gospels, many times when the people came running, in Mark chapter 6, 33, that Jesus crossed the lake on the whole, in the boat, and the crowd ran round the lake on the shore to meet him on the other side. In Mark 6:55, they ran throughout the region to bring sick people to him. In Mark chapter 9 verse 15, Andy told us uh, on the day of pledge, the first sermon we had that day, uh, that the people were overwhelmed when they saw Jesus and ran to greet him, running to Jesus. It's God's plan for us. Running to Jesus like a man runs into a strong tower for protection. Running to Jesus because the good news he provides is that he gives us everything in our need. Running to Jesus because in him there is fulfillment for every human heart. And Luke 19 verse 1 says that Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. He wasn't stopping around. He was on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified, and he wouldn't be coming back that, that way again. And we're very used to thinking, aren't we, about God, that there's always another chance. That kind of fits our comfort. God is so good that there's always another chance. If we don't get it right with him this time, well, we can do it next time. But sometimes, I believe, there isn't another chance. The moment comes, and if you turn it down, it's gone, and it will be gone forever. When Billy Graham came to this country in 1989, your own, Meadgate's own, Peter Nicholson, vicar at the time, went up to St. Mary's Church... And he preached a sermon in which he challenged the congregation and said, who are you going to bring to hear Billy Graham at the Live Link in the Elim Church next Saturday night? And uh, one of that congregation took it to heart. And they rang me up and they invited me. Would you come and hear Billy Graham next Saturday night? And even before the question was finished, I had the answer formed. No. Well, even as I was forming the word in the way that hot metal brands a piece of wood, this word was imprinted on my mind as if I could see it on my own forehead. And the words were, this could be your last chance. You know, Jesus is passing through. He's passing through today in the form of Billy Graham. And he's not coming this way again. Are you going to see? Are you going to go and really see? Or are you going to spend the rest of your life wishing and wondering? And so I said yes. In that moment. And here I am. And praise God for that. But I'm kind of convinced really in myself that if I had said no. I would have defined myself forever as someone who was invited to heaven's kingdom party and refused to come. Jesus was passing through Jericho and verse 2 says that Zacchaeus was there, the chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. Actually, it means he was stinking rich is what what the... the text really says. Stinking rich. He got that way by his own underhand dealings with the people of the town, colluding with the Roman authorities. And as his chief, he was directing other tax collectors and taking a cut of their overcharging as well. And so, of course, the community kind of turned on him, cast him out. Cast out by his ill-gotten wealth, and his cheating behaviour. They hated him. They regarded him as a sinner. Indeed, they grumble in verse 7, this man has gone to the house of a sinner. Gone to someone who not only did sinful things, but was so defined by those sinful things that they were considered beyond redemption. That's what the technical word sinner means, that they cannot be saved. why it's so radical that Paul writes Jesus Christ came into the world to save sinners to save those who could not be saved he's a sinner cut off and cast out but not only cut off and cast out because of his tax collecting, he was shut out because he was short (laughs) He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not because of the crowd, it says in verse 3. And there's many things, aren't there, that stop us running to Jesus, or as Giles would put it, keeping the drains open. You know that sense of the, the rain coming down and the drains being able to receive it all. There's many things that stop us running to Jesus. Maybe because it's something that we've done that hangs over us like a cloud of shame. What is it? What is it that you couldn't bear to voice because of the shame? That you think really in your heart that not even Jesus can deal with? Because that's what Jesus wants to deal with, that bit. Maybe it's... Something physical, on the other hand, like Zacchaeus. Maybe we can't get there. We're prevented from hearing or seeing. Maybe it's an inner thing. We don't feel that Jesus would be interested in us. We don't feel that we're good enough for Jesus. Or deep down we're afraid, perhaps, that properly meeting with Jesus would make demands that we didn't want to face. Do you know, I think there's something in all of us that stops us running to Jesus. Zacchaeus was having none of it. He wanted to see who Jesus really is. And he isn't going to let the fact that he is short dictate what happens. He runs ahead of the crowd and climbs the sycamore tree to see Jesus who was going to pass that way. We may think that we are little people in the scheme of things, but that should not stop us from getting where we can see Jesus so that we can know who he is. Zacchaeus ran Because seeing Jesus was a priority for him. Nothing, nothing was going to stop him. And if we're to run the race set before us, then running to see Jesus is the priority. Running ahead of the crowd, whatever the crowd prevents us from doing. But then it's not just running to see him, it is also running to speak with him. Zacchaeus ran up the tree, and in verse 5, Jesus reaches that spot and says, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay in your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once and welcomed him. Jesus called him to come down immediately, and he came down at once. It's a biblical hickory dickory moment. He runs up the tree to see Jesus. He runs down the tree to speak with Jesus. Running at once to welcome him gladly. And here's the thing about those who run to speak with Jesus. Jesus comes to stay with them. Jesus was passing through Jericho, but he stayed in Zacchaeus' house. Jesus is passing through the city, but he stays in the house. Melvin's going to have to ask God how he can do that. But he is God, I suppose, he can do that. But you know, that's one of those unanswerable questions. How do you pass through the city and stay in a house at the same time? Well, Jesus could do it. The key to it is to welcome him gladly. Run to speak words of welcome to him and he is pleased to stay. And running to speak with Jesus is urgent, immediately, at once. Do it before anything else. Pray in the morning before you go to work before the beginning of the day and perhaps in the evening before you go to bed. Reading a bit of the Bible every day before you watch telly. Making sure you start the week on Sunday by going to church even when we're on holiday. Before you book a social night be a member of a fellowship group of other people who run to speak with him. Before you read a book, write a journal of the things that you have heard in your prayers or your scripture reading. If you're someone who likes running or if you're like me, you don't mind a gentle walk More sedentary, use a word friend to repeat yourself as you go along. Keep in time with your step. Jesus Christ, Lover of my soul, be welcome here, Lord Jesus. Or maybe a line of your favorite hymn or worship song. And as you jog along, just repeat it as it opens you up to the presence of Jesus with you. Because the third thing about Zacchaeus is that he ran down to serve. In the presence of Christ, he began to serve. You see, what Zacchaeus wanted, despite his money-grabbing and cheating ways, what he wanted wasn't wealth. It was riches. And Jesus was able to give him the riches he wanted, the, the riches of the kingdom of God. It's a remarkable thing that Zacchaeus is remembered In the Bible, I mean, of all the people 2,000 years ago in the city of Jericho, why is it Zacchaeus who is remembered? Amongst all those other good people, we remember the one baddie, Zacchaeus. What a shock that he's the one. Surely there must have been a more deserving person than Zacchaeus to be remembered 2,000 years later, but apparently not. Not. Who in our community of meat might we consider least to be remembered into the future? Who is it that we steer clear of, that we dislike? Because the reason that Zacchaeus is remembered from all, from all those people is that he is a changed man. See, they're all there in the house all crowded in, and Zacchaeus stands up, and in verse 8, he says, Listen, sir, I'll give half my belongings to the poor, and if I've cheated everyone, anyone, I will pay back four times as much. It must have de- decreased his wealth by at least 50%. The thing about it is, it's not a promise made on his knees in a private place, hoping that he can manage it. It's a promise made standing up in front of everybody else and in front of Jesus. And they're going to hold him to account for it. And we did something similar on our day of pledge, didn't we? We made pledges before the Lord and before each other to contribute to the purchase of this place. And we've impressed ourselves, and the people around are impressed. The news is out there in the chemists and in the, in the uh, supermarket. The diocesan offices have agreed on the back of it all to purchase the house and to loan us a further 125,000 quid. The people are impressed in the bank. They want to help us. BBC Essex has been down to interview me on how we did it. It's going out on the night. No- going out on the 19th of uh, August apparently at ten past seven in the morning (coughs) the pledging this pledging thing has challenged and changed us we've like Zacchaeus we've gone out on a limb for Jesus we've laid down some of our wealth in order to take up the riches of the kingdom. And in doing it, we've said to the world, there is something more important to us than our wealth and possessions. What is more important to us is God's plan for us to serve him in his kingdom. It's what we're running the race for because we're servants of the kingdom of God. Zacchaeus was a changed man from a miserly getter of wealth to an abundant giver of wealth and a restorer of justice and a writer of wrongs. It was living by the kingdom values of God. Because, you see, this, this uh, giving half of his possessions and repaying uh, four times to anyone he cheated... That was already written in the law. Leviticus and Deuteronomy have it. You can look it up for yourself. And Zacchaeus didn't quibble about it, about paying tops. He just went for it. Because he was really saying that he was returning to God's ways. He was coming back to the way that God would have him live. Accepting that God's ways are the true riches. Look, Jesus, what God said in Scripture, I am now doing. I accept God's word and the riches of living in harmony with him. That's what he's really saying, standing up and doing this thing. And that's why Jesus, in verse 9, is able to say so wonderfully that Zacchaeus belongs to the kingdom of God. This man, he says is a true son of Abraham, one of God's own. Serving, you see, it's not a burden and a hardship serving the Lord. It's true life. It's fullness of life. It's the only life. And God's plan is that Jesus comes to seek us in our lostness and make us his children. That's God's plan for his people. Jesus is passing through today to seek us in our lostness, that we should run up to see him and run down to speak words of welcome and having welcomed him, to serve him. Because to know him is perfect life, eternal life, and to serve him is perfect freedom can I just add to the words of knowledge that we heard earlier that it's important to go out on a limb for Jesus sometimes and, uh, and I think here maybe for somebody stepping out to be prayed for is going out on a limb in itself. And others, maybe someone else, is really uh, thinking about making a bold and big commitment, statement to the Lord, whatever that means for you. Going out on a limb for Jesus. If that's for you, do come and receive some prayer.